listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing? How, how cool was that baptism video earlier in the service? Isn't that awesome? Celebrating, man. We need to go ahead and plan our next one because will you just celebrate that last Sunday as we kicked off this new series, Ruled? We had 14 people accept Jesus as their Savior last Sunday. That never gets old, man, when God's moving and stirring and doing things in people's hearts. And, and, and last week, we kicked off a new series, and, and, and we made a decision. We made a decision that we are no longer going to let anything other than God run our lives. Come on. Like, we made a decision that we don't, we don't have to allow anything else to be in charge. That as believers, we have an alternative, don't we? Come on. Come on. I'm fired up, man. Let's go. All right. Um, like, we, we, we just came out of a series where we talked about all these toxic emotions that is at times those, we've been run by emotions. We all have. Come on. We all have. But, and, and unfortunately, many of us have spent years and have the scars to show it for the times that we were run by emotion. When anger ran our lives, when lust ran our lives, when depression ran our lives, when bitterness ran our lives. And we all have these moments when we've just been hijacked. But last week, we started learning that, that we have an alternative. That, that we, we don't have to live that way. We don't have to be run by emotion. But because of Jesus and what he's done, we get to be ruled by the Spirit. And like, we've just decided like, this is gonna be our way. Not for a season, not like, and like there's been moments when we've been ruled by the spirit, run by emotion, ruled by the spirit, run by emotion. Like we've rid ridden this roller coaster, but we're, gonna, we're just gonna get over it this time. And we're gonna, we're gonna move forward in, in faith and in power and knowing that we're gonna allow God to be the ruler of our heart because when anything else is in charge, it's dangerous for us. Because I told you last week, whatever is your source, Whatever is that thing that's the driving source of your life, whatever is your source, it sets your standard. Whatever is your source is going to determine your standard. And so when, when anger is our source, the standard becomes dependent on the circumstances and whatever our standard will adjust in order to meet the fulfillment of that emotional need. You with me? So our, our source will always set our standard. And if our source is anything other than God, we allow it to set our standard. And there's been times when the source of my life has been anger. And so my standard lowered to what it needed to be for me in order to have that anger resolved. But the problem is, whatever is your source, not only does it set your standard, it determines your supply. It is what empowers you to fulfill whatever that standard is. And when something other than God is our supply, it's usually us. We're our own supply. We're drawing from our own strength. We're drawing from our own, we're drawing from ourselves. And the problem is, is if anything other than the spirit is your source and if something else sets your standard and something else is your supply, then the substance is death. When you're ruled by anything other than the spirit, the substance, whatever's produced in your life will eventually be death. Come on. And some of us have killed things in our lives because we've killed relationships because of emotion that has taken over. But we're decided we're going to live this way. Come on. Like, this is what we're going to do. 
because we're going to allow the Spirit to be our source. And we talked about last week, okay, how does that happen? If the Spirit is going to be our source, how, how do we get to that place where the Spirit is our source? And, and, we, and, I, and in case you missed it, we talked about it. The only way for the Spirit to become your source is for you to acknowledge what Jesus did for your sin. Because the Spirit and sin cannot coexist. They cannot cohabitate the home of your heart. Come on. Like they can't. Like, so before the Spirit can't reign where sin remains. So before the Spirit can take up residence, sin's got to be removed. And the good thing is Jesus did everything necessary to deal with your sin. Everything necessary. Like it, when Jesus defeated death on the cross and rose from the grave, when Jesus paid the price for sin, everything that needed to be done in order to extract sin from your life had, has been done already. Jesus did it. And so when you accept Jesus as your Savior, it, that forgiveness comes and it removes the sin from your life because of the power of his blood and get, makes your heart the perfect residence for his spirit. And so we talked about that last week, but now we've got to move on to step two. Because if the spirit is your source, then the scripture will be what sets your standard. And here's where it begins to get a little bit tricky and difficult. Because if the spirit is your source, your life will start moving towards a specific standard. That makes sense? You cannot have an authentic encounter with Jesus and stay who you were. You can't. Like, when you accept Jesus and the Spirit sets up in your heart, from the inside out, he begins to change you. Like, God wants to change you into who he created you to be. Now, I know we've gotten this a little bit backwards in the church sometimes. You don't change in order to come to Jesus, but when you come to Jesus, things will begin to change. It, it, when, when he takes up residence in your heart, when the Spirit actually becomes your source, he begins to change you from the inside out, and he starts moving you to the standard that he intended for you in the beginning. And that, you need to know that. You need to recognize that. Is there, is, there is a standard that God has for your life. And if the Spirit is your source, then Scripture sets the standard. I have people ask me all the time, once they start trying to live this life where spirit is the source. And they're trying to figure out, all right, well, well, how do I know that the source of where I'm being led is the spirit? Anybody ever had that? Like you've had, anybody in here ever had to make a decision? Anybody ever prayed about that decision? Like, come on, like you have a decision that you're trying to make in your life. And we have a lot of people, just from the dynamics of our church, they're in like major decisions. You know, what, what do I do for a career? Where do I go to college? Should I marry this person? When do we have kids? All, all these big things. And probably the number one thing that people come to me as a pastor is like, all right, like Matt, how do, how do I know God's will? How do I know it's the Spirit leading me? And how do I know that it's the Spirit and not just heartburn? <laughs> like, how do I figure this out? Let me tell you. The Spirit will always lead you inside the framework of scripture scripture will the spirit will never lead you outside of scripture standard <laughs> like like what if the spirit is leading you it will always be in alignment with god's word god cannot contradict himself so if you want to know if the spirit is leading you Take where he's leading you and lay it against the standard set in Scripture. 
Because the Spirit will never lead you outside the framework of God's Word. It just cannot happen. He will not. And so if the Spirit is your source and Scripture sets the standard, then guess what you got to know? you got to know the Scripture. This, this is an honest-to-God, right-hand-to-God, true story. I was doing youth ministry. I was a youth pastor for several years before we started in this church. And youth ministry is crazy. I know it's changed a lot, but, but teenagers, they were really stupid then. Um, <laughs> I had somebody come to me, a young lady in our youth group, distraught, and said, um, Pastor Matt, like, I really... I really need to talk to you after youth tonight. I'm, I'm struggling with a decision. Like, I've really been praying about it. And like, I, I just, can we just have a conversation? So I said, sure, absolutely. So me and, and, and another youth sponsor, my wife or something, we, we, we stayed around and, and we were talking to this young lady and, and I'm thinking, okay, like, here we go. Here's a good chance. She's like, well, um, I, I've got a decision that I have to make and I've really, really been praying about it and, and I think I know what, what I'm gonna do, but I just kind of want to talk to you about it. It's like, okay, here, I, I, I get a pastor right now. Here we go, here we go. She said, so I've been dating this guy for about three months, and we've been talking about having sex. And I've been praying about it, and I really think the Lord thinks it's okay. <laughs> Baby girl. Ew, come on. Literally, I had that conversation. You know what I said to you? I said, well, the Lord just told me, No! literally had that conversation. And what's fun, as funny as that is, there's so often I have similar conversations. And I'm thinking, if you just knew God's word, you could stop praying and start doing. Amen. And there's sometimes, like, you're praying about things, God's like, I already said that. <laughs> said it thousands of years ago. When I spoke to the person who wrote that passage of scripture that you should have already read by now. It's going to get real up in here today, I'm just telling you. Because, see, the Spirit will never lead you outside Scripture's standard. It just doesn't work that way. And so if the Spirit is going to be your source, if He's going to be that guiding force in your life, if He's going to be the one that's driving you, He's always going to drive you toward the standard He sets in Scripture. And so if you want the Spirit to be your source, and you want to live in the framework of God's standard, you have to know His Word. It's always been the case and always will be. Remember what David wrote in Psalm 119, the first part of verse 9? How can a young person stay on the path of purity? In other words, how, how can I live within, within the framework of your standard, God? How, how can I live within this path? Like, how, how can I make this happen? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Like, like the, my antidote to, get to, to sin, my, my, my way of avoiding the, the traps of sin is to make sure that your word is planted deep within my heart so when those moments of temptation come and I need to find a way to be led, that the place I can go to is the source of your scripture which you've imprinted on my heart. So I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. 
With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches, that I rejoice in following your standard. You know why? Because God's standard is always for your good. You realize that like God has, God has set a standard for our lives. And when we drift outside that standard, it's always dangerous. And, and I need you, he, did, he hasn't set this standard to, to confine you. He set it to protect you. Because everything that he's placed outside of his standard will hurt you. Emotionally, physically, or spiritually. And so David knew that. David said, I rejoice in following this because I don't, this is not a burden. This is not a cumbersome thing for me because I know that the, the byproduct of me living within your standard is so much greater than the consequences of me living out. So I rejoice in following your statutes. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. If the Spirit is going to be your source, then Scripture is going to be your standard. God has set a standard for our lives. And he has revealed it to us in Scripture. And now, like, it, it may be easy for some people in this room, especially that, there's, I know there's people in the room that, one of the reasons why maybe you, you walked away from faith for a really long time is because of the rigorous rules of religion. That, that, that frustrated you. And now here I'm saying, all right, God has a standard for your life. There, there, there is a, a way that he desires that you live that is for, for your best and for your protection. And maybe all of a sudden it's like, okay, Matt, like, like now you're just kind of piling on this list of, of, of rules to me again. And now like, like I'm worried ab about what you're saying because I don't want a religion full of rules. I want a relationship with Jesus. And I get that. And I'm all for that. That what Jesus has done on the cross has ushered in the opportunity for us to have a relationship with God. But can we be real? Every relationship plays by a certain set of rules in order for it to be healthy. Relationships aren't without rules. Amen? For every relationship that you have on this planet, for it to remain healthy, it consists in a set of rules. Your marriage, for it to be healthy, and maybe you don't like that term, but it's the reality. Like, in, in marriage, most of us have a rule. You don't sleep with other people. <laughs> and guess what? If you violate that rule, our relationship's got a problem. Relationships aren't without rules. In order for them to be healthy and protected, there are rules that are necessary for that relationship. So yeah, we have a relationship with Jesus, but there are still things that we need to do in order to sustain health in that relationship. You with me? And see, again, some people are like, oh, Matt, like, I still kind of don't like what you're saying. Like, no, we're under Jesus and grace now, and, and we have all this. Let me understand. When Jesus came, Jesus did not erase the standard. He raised it. Amen. Jesus did not erase the standard. He raised it. And he had a conversation with these religious people about this very subject. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, go to verse 17. This is Jesus speaking. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill 
them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, the religious people and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, you know what, I I, I did. I came to to fulfill something, not to erase something. I came in to usher the power that you would need to live under the standard of which God has for you. But don't think for a second that the way they've done it has been right. Because see, here's what religion, what it does is, is, is takes the rules of God and adds its own regulations on top of it. Religion is the rules of God combined with the regulations of man. And, and, and what, they've, what, what frustrated Jesus is, is you've taken all these things that were supposed to be meant for people's good and you've added to it and you've twisted it up and you made it so cumbersome that these things that were supposed to point people toward me have become a detractor. They've become an obstacle to me because you've built, you, you're not living by, by, the, by the rules of God. You're living more by the traditions of man. And that's what religion tries to do. Here's the thing about religion. Religion makes simple things complicated and complicated things simple. That's what religion does. But you keep reading on chap- in chapter 5 of Matthew where Jesus says, you know what, you've heard don't murder. You know what I tell, say to you? That even if you say raka, if you speak harshly to another person, you're guilty. You've heard don't commit adultery. I say you look at a, somebody who isn't your spouse lustfully and you've already done it in your heart. I think Jesus was setting a pretty high standard. Come on. See, Jesus did not erase the standard. He, he, he raised it. And he got frustrated with the religious people. Mark chapter 7, verse 6 says, He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Here's a question. Do you know the differences between the human traditions and the standards of God? I grew up in the church. There's a lot of things that I thought were God's standards that were really just people's traditions. From the way we looked when we showed up at church to the time we came to church to the way the church building was supposed to look, there was so much of that. You know what? We just try to blow all that mess out of the water here at Vintage from time to time. But the only way that you can know the difference is you have to know the Word of God. If the Spirit is your source, then Scripture is your standard. And the Spirit will always lead you within the framework of God's standard that He sets in Scripture. So the real question is, do you know the Scripture? Do you know the Word of God? Like, you can't argue that God hasn't, and I'm going to show you this even more as we move on, that God has set a standard, like he set a standard for how he wants the people that follow him to live. And it's not to confine us, it's not to rob our lives of joy, it's not to, it's not to be the fun sucker of your life. It's because God's standard is how you really unleash real life. When you live inside of it and when you operate within its framework is when you find true freedom and joy. Testify if you know it, come on. And so here's the question, like, all right, why don't we always live within that standard? Because 
I know, you, I know you've always done a good job at it, but I haven't. There's been times when I've, I've failed to live with inside of God's standard as I've tried to walk with him and understand what he wants for me. And I've just noticed in my own life, there, there's two reasons why I've drifted outside the standard of God. One is ignorance. Just don't know what his word says about things. There's a lot of people that are just ignorant of the word of God. And let me just say, new believer, there's a lot of things that you don't know yet, and that's okay. See, I think one of the mistakes we've done as a church is somebody gets saved on Sunday, and by Monday, they're supposed to be holy and perfect. Didn't work for me. I don't know about y'all. That like growing into God's standard and growing in the understanding and the depth of his word is something that we do over our lifetime. It's a process. It has to be developed. And I apologize for, peop- for baby Christians. I'm f- I apologize for people that have expected more out of you before they should. Sometimes I meet people and they've just gotten saved. And guess what? They act like people who just got saved. It's just like I meet people who don't know Jesus and they act like people who don't know Jesus. <laughs> but ignorance can only be an excuse for a little while. And there's some of us, like, they're just, we don't know what God's word says. And you know what? You're going to remain ignorant unless you take ownership of your discipleship. Like, ignorance can only be an excuse for a little while. God expects you to own growing in your faith, developing into who he's created you to be. He wants you to grow up to where you can no longer say, well, I didn't know that. And that's something that you've got to own. And maybe the church is not fully responsible for your spiritual maturity. If if you came to everything we offered, it wouldn't be enough. And there's some people just show up here every Sunday for an hour and 15 minutes. And I guarantee you, if that's only God that you're getting, you're spiritually immature. If the only God, the only Jesus, the only scripture that you're getting is when you walk into that door 10 or 15 minutes late. (laughs) Got real that time. And then you leave and you're not in the word and you're not taking advantage of all the other things that we offer, then you can't be growing. You can't be growing. If you're not in the word on your own, developing that relationship and diving into the word like you can't grow like we we do the best we can we try to all we do things like labs and life groups and days of prayer and we don't do that just because we got people out here that don't have anything better to do we do that because we want to we want to equip you with all the tools we can to help you grow but even if you're taking advantage of those things if you're not in the word every single day you're not growing the way God wants you to grow and it boggles my mind that we're in a generation that is more biblically illiterate than maybe any I've ever seen, but yet we have greater access to the Word of God than we ever have. I mean, do you realize, like, I know it's, it's a bummer that the thing that God gave us that is required for us to, go, to grow spiritually requires us to read. That ain't fun, I know. But it's just a reality. But you know what? Here's a cool thing, like, how God has given us even tools like this. What man intended for evil, God can use for good. And you've got like the YouVersion Bible app. Well, you, you can actually pull it up, hook it into your little fancy Bluetooth in your car 
or put some earbuds in and go to John chapter 1. And on your ride to work, you can listen to the gospel of John instead of two guys named Chris. <laughs> or a podcast or something else. Like, like really, right here, you've got the word of God. You've got reading plans and you've got audible Bibles and every version of the Bible. Like right in the palm of pretty much every person's hand in this room, you have access to the word of God like no generation ever has. So that really God's looking down and saying, what's your excuse again? For not knowing my word? You're, you're, you're busy? You got too much going on? When you've got this tool, like ignorance. There's some of us like, that's, that's why we're drifting outside of God's standards because we just don't know. And let me just challenge you, like, like, get into God's word. God didn't, it's awesome that we celebrate 14 people got saved last Sunday, but we didn't come here just to see people get saved. Because Jesus didn't call us to see people just get saved. He didn't say, go make converts. He said, go make disciples. And discipleship is, is, is a product of discipleship. But discipleship is the byproduct of desire. And I can't make you want it. You're only growing in your faith as, at the rate in which you desire him. You got to want it. You don't have to be ignorant of God's word. There are tools provided by our church and there are all kinds of things out there for you to grow in your faith. So if the Spirit is going to be your source and Scripture is going to be your standard, you can be equipped and know the Scripture. But there's been times in my life when I couldn't plead ignorance. I have to plead stubbornness. Now I know none of y'all have ever been there. It wasn't that I didn't know what God's Word said. I was just too stubborn to adhere to it. There's been moments in my life, I've had, you ever had those moments where you're, you're in a situation that probably you know you shouldn't be in, and you're about to do something that you know you're not supposed to do, and God in the voice of James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman comes into your mind and speaks that passage of scripture right into your brain, and you do nothing about it? It's not because you didn't know. It was because in that moment, you were so stubborn that you thought, it, you thought you could ignore God's word. You thought that you didn't have to follow what he said. You thought that maybe what you could do in that moment was gonna be like your way was going to be better. And just out of sheer stubbornness, you've ignored the word of God to do your own thing. We've done that, haven't we? Come on. We have. And God, God's word warns us. James chapter one. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You know what? I've met some people in my life that can quote scripture like crazy. You ever met those people? They're like, they just can quote scripture. They can just pull it out of a hat. And they can just, you'd be like, all right, what's, what's Leviticus chapter 2 verse 3? And they, like, they can just spit it out. And that's awesome. But let me tell you something. God isn't impressed by how much scripture you know, but by how much scripture you're willing to apply. Amen. Knowing the word doesn't matter if you don't have the courage to live it. That's what James is telling us. Look at verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom 
that the word of God does not confine you and bind you and hold you back. Like really, when you, when you know scripture and you have the courage to let go of your stubbornness and live with inside of the framework of its standard, what you really experience is freedom. Whoever knows it gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. We can't be stubborn. Sometimes I read scripture and I feel like God's just speaking right to me, like Psalm 81, verse 11. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. Like out of stubbornness, it's not that they didn't hear my voice, not that they didn't know it was me speaking, but they were so stubborn they refused to listen to what I had to say. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly would I subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes? If the Spirit is your source, Scripture is your standard, and for Scripture to be your standard, you have to know God's Word, and you have to have the willingness and the courage to apply it when it comes into your heart. So then, the question is, all right, if Scripture has a standard, what is the standard? Like if there's a standard that God's trying to move me toward in my life through the power of his spirit, what is that standard? And now I could, I could go into, we could spend several series getting into the depths of all that this means, but, but I just today I want to give you the starting point. The, the standard set by scripture is love. Love is the starting point for the standard of God. Every standard God has is rooted in and starts with love. Don't you remember when, when this guy who was an expert in the law came to Jesus? And he said, Jesus, of all the laws and all of Scripture, what is the greatest one? And like you do know, he wasn't just talking about the Ten Commandments. And so you know, sometimes we think, oh, you just guessed that one out of ten. No, the Levitical law was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of laws. And do you remember what Jesus said? He said, I tell you what, you can sum up the intention of everything that God wrote in all of that in two things. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have, your heart, soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, see, all those are predicated on the standard of love. That every single one of these, like if you, if you want to honor God, if you want to live in a way that, that, that adheres to his standard, let every motivation of everything that you ever do be motivated by love for him and love for other people. If that becomes the standard of your life, things will really begin to shift. Things will really begin to change. But, now that's a hard standard to live up to, isn't it? But it's what we're called to. If the Spirit is our source and Scripture in our standard, that standard starts with love. Remember what Jesus said? John chapter 13, verse 34, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you show up at church every Sunday, if you put a tithe check in the offering plate every week, if you have Caleb preset on your number one station, 
If you have a King James Bible on your coffee table big enough to kill a small child, if you have cross-stitch John 3.16 on the wall of your living room, if you show up at church wearing a pretty navy blue suit, now it says, by this, everyone, everyone that will know you're my disciples. In other words, by this, everyone will know that your desire is to follow my standard if you love one another. Paul repeats it, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping with this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's God's standard, church. That's the jumping off point for what he wants for our lives. And the coolest thing about, about our God is he didn't just set a standard, he showed us one when he sent Jesus into this planet. See, he didn't just send us this standard, he didn't just write this standard in a book, he showed it to us in a person, and his name is Jesus. His standard is not found in just a bunch of pr principles written on pages, it's found in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. In him, God showed us his standard. He demonstrated it to us in the flesh. And so you want to know what God requires of you? You don't want to know if the Spirit is your source and Scripture is your standard? You want to know what your life is supposed to look like? It's supposed to look like the life of Jesus. He is your standard. That is your target. That everything the Spirit will do in your life is to move your life to look more and more like the life of Jesus. That's why this church exists, to inspire people to live and love like Jesus, because that is the only standard for which has been set for us to live by. And you've probably heard me say this around vintage, and we'll say it till this church doesn't exist anymore. Our hope is everything that we do pushes you to live a little bit more like Jesus today than you did yesterday. He is your target. If the Spirit is your source, Scripture sets your standard, and that standard, what does it look like? God showed us in human flesh, in Jesus. And I know the question is, okay, now how do I do that? I'm going to tell you that next week. Because that's where the supply comes in. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? You want the Spirit to be your source? Scripture has to set your standard. If Scripture is going to be your standard, you have to know Scripture. So, isn't it time to stop pleading ignorance? Isn't it time to stop being stubborn and allow God's word to have its rightful place in your life? To allow it to take root, to not just be hearers, but doers of his word. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but in just a moment, the team's gonna come up, they're gonna lead us in a time of worship. And this is what I want you to do. Would you just make a renewed commitment to pursue God's standard? Would you ask God to give you a hunger and thirst for his word? And when you make a, a, a commitment to walk out of this room today with a renewed desire to feast on the word of God as a daily part of your life so that your relationship with him can be thriving and healthy like I know you want it to be. As the band leads us, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to, unless you feel led. But as we worship, will you just use this time just to have a conversation with God? in whatever way and form and direction that you needed to go. Maybe, you know what, it's 
you're, you're tired of being ignorant of the things of God and, and, and you need to take advantage of some other things that our church offer to grow your faith or you need to just get into the word on your own in a, in a powerful way. Or maybe you're here and you're like, man, man I, I know the word, but I've just been so stubborn trying to do it my own way. And it's time I just surrender my heart and allow him control. As we worship, however you feel led, if you want to stand and worship, if you want to sit there and pray, if you want to come and kneel, however you feel led, just let God stir in your heart and move you to respond however you feel led. Father, I pray that you would work in this moment, use this time to solidify what you're saying to your people. Speak, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.